Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. I'm going to share a message today called Bones, Stones and Thrones. It's a message that God gave me a few years ago in embryo form and I've kept working on it. And it talks about the different stages to me, and I hope it will to you, that we go through in life and we feel different things at different times. But, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about shaking, what's happening around the world. But what I've discovered about God is it's not about the outward shakings around us. It's what happens in us. And what happens in us when He shakes is He makes us better people, greater people. We don't actually fall apart, but we come together. And I wanna encourage those of you that are feeling a bit weary today, but rather than reading the Scripture, it's Ezekiel 37. It's a story of the dry bones talked about in that chapter. Ezekiel was called by God to be a watchman to the people of Israel. It's one thing in chapter one of Ezekiel to be told to stand up, not to sit down on the inside, but to stand up and speak the truth. But now 37 chapters later, having gone through so much, he's still speaking out and saying the things that need to be said. And I believe today God wants to speak to us and encourage us because He's still on the throne and He's running the show ultimately. So rather than reading the Scripture, look to the screen and we'll show it on screen. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath and say to it, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Thank you. I thought that might be better than just reading it, so it's just... You're doing well today? It's great. Get this thing to work here. Bones, stones and thrones. I believe God is doing something amazing in the earth. It's already begun and the best days of the church are ahead of us, not behind us. When Jesus died, He died for us and He died for the church to be born. He rose again. And I believe we're moving into an era where it may look like things are going backwards, but I wanna tell you they're not. God is raising up an incredible army. And I remember years ago, I was preaching in a church in Sydney and 
the pastor of the church turned to me just before I got up to preach and he said, you're gonna go home and you're gonna read Ezekiel 37. And as you read it, something's gonna come alive in you. And as I went to read it, when I came home from Sydney and I began to read it, it just came alive as I began to see the future of the church and what God's gonna do in breathing on His church again. We need the breath of God again. And, and as I was reading it, I, uh, three thoughts came to my mind, bones, stones and thrones. Now bones is a place of dryness. It's a place where we feel a little dead. We feel like not much is going on. Sometimes we don't even know where we fit. I mean, you look at a valley of dry bones, you're not gonna look at a bone and go, oh, he reminds me of his dad. You know, a dead bone's a dead bone. It's a dry bone. It has no identity. It's just a dead bone. But God can take insignificant things and He can breathe on them. And when we feel like we're not got it together, He can breathe on us and amazing things can happen as we stand up as His army. And I believe the first stage is a place of refreshing, a place of revival. Bones speaks to me about God reviving His church and refreshing His church. Stones we'll talk about in a moment, but it's a place where God reshapes us and rebuilds us. And you know, in the Bible, it says that we are living stones. And it says when they built the temple, the temple that was built by Solomon, it says it was so beautiful. People came from everywhere to see it. The Queen of Sheba took three months but she heard how great it was and she took three months to come and have a look at what had happened. And when she came, she was blown away. But it says in 1 Kings chapter 6 that the stones that were used in the building of the temple were pre-cut in the quarry so there'd be no noise on the temple site when the stone was put in place. We are living stones and God has a God shape for each one of us. And if we allow God to reshape us and we allow Him to rebuild us, His purpose of our lives is, for our lives is amazing. And He puts us in a place where we can function and not make a lot of noise. There's been a lot of noise in church world. There's been a lot of noise in churchianity where there's been the noise of a hammer. It says in 1 Kings chapter 6, there's a noise of a hammer, there's a noise of a sharp object and the noise of a sharp iron. And I wanna tell you, harsh words can do that. They can be harsh. They can kill people with the words that are spoken on the inside. And I believe we're moving into a place where the world is looking at the church and thinks the church is fake. There's been plenty in the news lately about the things the church does wrong. But I declare with all my heart today that God is not shaking to embarrass us, but He wants to reshape us and He wants to release us into the throne of dominion, the place of dominion. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise for that. And so I'm really excited about this revelation that I believe the Lord's dropped into my heart. Now, if we go right back to the beginning of that passage of Scripture, the verse one says, and the Lord took hold of me. What an incredible word. Yeah. Now, the Lord took hold of me. What's happening right now in our church world, around the world is that sometimes the voice of reason gets hold of us. Fear gets hold of us. Anxiety gets hold of us. Stress, discouragement, disappointment. Now, Ezekiel was called by God to be a watchman and he preached for so many years where nobody listened. Can you imagine being called by God to do a role and nobody listens? And yet here he is, 37 chapters later, allowing God to get hold of him. 
Somehow there was still a hope inside of him that things can change. There was something inside of him that if God speaks, we're cooking with gas here. It's gonna be great. And I wanna say today, when I look around, and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but when I look around, it's Christ that keeps me. It's Christ that I know is real that keeps me. As a family, we sat around the table talking about all the journeys we've been on last night. We gathered together and we talked about some of our grief and some of our pain. And one of the relatives that was with us said to me, how do you still have a faith after all that you've been through? And I said, well, can I share with you the things I do know? Because there's a lot I don't know but I'm not gonna waste my time on the stuff I don't know. I'm gonna spend my life on the stuff I do know. And at this point, I encountered God. At this point, He spoke to me. At that point, He changed my life. At that point, He changed my family. When I start adding up all the things I do know, I let the Lord take hold of me, not the disappointment, not the pain, not the distraction. I don't wanna just be a church goer. I wanna be a Christ follower. And then when you do go to church, you don't go to get, you come to bring because you've already spent time with God. You've got something brewing on the inside of you. You come and you share it with others and we come, we become this corporate body of encouragement to one another. That's why I love the church. But you've got to love Christ in order to love the church. Otherwise, people are gonna make mistakes. Things are gonna go wrong. Oh, that's the church, that's the church. And I wanna say this morning, I'm so grateful that we can allow the Lord to take hold of us. The second thing He says is He carried me away. You know what I've discovered? When God gets hold of you, He shifts you. He moves you from where you are. You don't stay where you are. You go to a place of greater knowing of who He is and you go to a place of, security on the inside that He's doing a great work in your life. And you're not a a spiritual guinea pig He likes to experiment with and and hurt you. He wants to heal us. He doesn't wanna hurt us. And so when He gets hold of us, it's not to tell us off. It's not to give us a, a, a disciplinary act. He wants to shift us to a greater place in our lives. And so He took hold of me and then He shifted me And then where did He take Ezekiel? He takes him to a valley of hidden potential. You know, when God shifts us, He doesn't take us to a revival straight away. He takes us to dead things. And you think, I, I, I thought God was with me. How come there's all this rubbish around my life? It's because He shifts you to go and look at those dead things in your life so that He can bring life to those areas. He's not there to hurt, He's there to heal. And I look back over my life and I don't wanna be too too open this morning uh, and bleed all over you, but when Sharon and I first got married, um, I had quite a temper problem. And you know, when things didn't go my way, I used to blame it on my Italian culture, you know, and I, you know, she had a good way with words. And so I'd say, come on, hurry up, we're running late. I used to hate running late for things. And she would say something sarcastic and I'd just explode. We used to be in a singing group and we used to sing, uh, Jesus is the answer for the world today. You know, after I'd thrown a shampoo bottle across the room because I'd lost my temper. And I think, how does that all fit? And I remember going to get help. I went to a pastor and I said, you gotta help me sort my wife out. (laughs) I just can't seem to get her to submit. He looked at me and smiled. He goes, we know how to fix this. 
I said, how? He said, we're going to fix you. And he started working on me. And you know what happened was he, my prayer life was birthed out of problems in my life. What had happened is he, I didn't have a, a good prayer life. And this pastor, Pastor Harry Leesman, said to me, you know, Danny, you need to get up every morning and you need to pray that God will make you the husband that your wife needs you to be. I go, well, okay, but she's the one that needs to change, you know. <laughs> so anyway, get up early in the morning. I was really skinny then. I only had one stripe in my pyjamas. But anyway, I used to get up early in the morning and, and I'd go out into the lounge room and I'd kneel down by the bed and start asking God and I'd fall asleep. And you know what? Two or three days in a row that happened. But I just kept persevering. And I remember it was a Friday and I got up and I went and did exactly the same thing I did every day. And I went and knelt by my uh, couch and I started to pray and a presence came into the, our room. We were living at Ingle Farm and a little housing trust place. And uh, we were just, I was just there and the presence of God just comes into the room I start crying, I could feel something. And I started to get up and walk around an L-shaped lounge and I went over to the dining table. I just put my hands on the chairs and as I'm praying, I saw thousands of people's faces in my mind. And I was a menswear salesman in Victoria Square. I didn't know I was gonna end up in ministry or anything like that. And I saw all these faces and I thought, what's wrong with me? I, am I being ego driven here? And the presence of God was so strong, I was just weeping and in my head, this little small voice, one day, you'll be able to minister to so many people out of your brokenness. You can bring wholeness to others. Don't waste what you go through. And a word came into my head that says, the place of your problem can become the place of his purpose. And all those years ago, I can never forget it. I'm so grateful today for those moments. You see, what God had to do is he had to get hold of me. And then he shifted me. He took me to another place of hidden potential. I was facing a problem, but it was a place of hidden potential. In the story, God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? I love his response. He goes, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, people look at the church today, go, is the church gonna keep growing? Oh, who knows? But Ezekiel turns around and goes, but you know, Lord, and if you say so. And the thing that got me was God says to Ezekiel, you prophesy and I'll breathe. Sometimes we wanna breathe on people and get them to be activated and to do stuff. And why aren't people motivated? Why aren't people? No, no, let's, let's pray for God to do the breathing and we'll do the prophesying. And I prophesy here this morning, there's gonna be an army of future people coming in to volunteer, not the church, to volunteer to serve God. People are gonna come home. I prophesy now that people that have been dead in religion, people have been dead in their disappointments, they've been dead in how they've been feeling about God and feel like He's a million miles away. They're gonna be coming home and we need to be ready for them and we need to welcome them. Because let me tell you, God's gonna breathe, the army will stand up and there'll be an exceedingly great army. And I believe that today with all my heart. Bones, stones and thrones. Stage one is where God revives and refreshes us. There's a lot of dead religion out there pretending to be alive, but at best dry, at worst dead. But the good news is God wants to breathe again on His church. And in order to establish His kingdom through a revived and refreshed church, in Acts chapter 3, Verse 19, it says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. 
Then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord and He will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. The root word here for refresh means to breathe. And I believe with all my heart, revival is not about the people outside the church coming to faith first. It's about the people in the church coming to understand that God can take us through the stage of bones where we need reviving and or we need refreshing because times of refreshing are coming. I, I, if you weren't here last Sunday night when we had the round in the round worship time, there was just no no questioning that the presence of God was so real. And I think God is stirring up our hunger for His presence again. I think the Holy Spirit wants to move in ways like we haven't seen before. You know, last Sunday, there were words of knowledge given out in the meeting. There were people sitting in the meeting, they may be here today, and it said to God, driving here last Sunday, driving here saying, Lord, I need You to clarify, give me an answer. And then I was driving here, and God was saying, there's someone in the meeting needs this answer. And so we spoke it out and it was an absolute moment in God. We need those moments of reviving in our lives. We need those times when God just comes and lifts us and He does something in our lives, bones. But then there's the stones, there's the reshaping. God never he never hurts us. He heals us. He doesn't come and, and shapes us to hurt us, but shaping can hurt. I remember my dad, and I'm going all off my notes here, but I remember my dad when he used to prune the trees and most Italians grow their trees, their fruit trees in the front yard. They think it's landscaping. But you go to my dad's place, there's orange trees in the front yard. There's lemon trees in the front yard. You know, it's like a garden in the front of the house, not at the back. And my dad used to prune the trees. And when he'd finished with them, I thought he has ruined the whole thing. There's just these little sticks sticking out from the ground. You think, how's anything ever gonna grow on that? And the following year, we would get the most incredible crop of lemons and peaches. And you think, how did that come from that? And I wanna say this morning, don't, be afraid when God prunes us. Don't be afraid. It might feel a little hurt, but it's not because he, we don't match up to what He wants. He loves us so much. He wants us to bear the kind of fruit that's gonna bring us to a place of thrones where we've allowed Him to revive us. We've allowed Him to reshape us. And now He can release us into a place of having freedom and dominion in our lives. I meet with unchurched people on a regular basis and we talk about our lives and their bondages. Some of them putting their whole faith on who was gonna win the last election. And I thank God today that my life is not governed by those things. My life is not governed by those decisions because I've allowed a God to reshape me. I've allowed a God to refresh and revive me and now I can be on the throne of release and reigning because of all that He has done so that I could bear fruit. In John chapter 15, and I, these are things I've tried to live in my own life, well, before I share that, is one of the things about faith is that it's gotta be personal. It can't be something that's done corporately. You know, that helps, but it's gotta be personal. I've always wondered how the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father which art in heaven, but Psalm 23 says the Lord is my shepherd. It doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd. Now listen, He is our shepherd. But the emphasis, He's gotta be my shepherd, not just our shepherd. I can't go on your faith, you can't go on mine. He's gotta be my personal shepherd. We read Psalm 23 at funerals. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But it doesn't say the Lord was a shepherd many years ago. It doesn't say once every now and then the Lord's a shepherd. No, the Lord is, that's present. My, that's personal. He leads me beside still waters, that's providing. Unless God is personal, unless God is present, and unless He's not, He's providing for me, then I'm gonna listen to everybody else's story. But your story should add to my story. I don't live off your story. You don't live off mine, but we encourage each other. But He's my shepherd. He's personal. He's present and He's providing, but He's our Father. Because He can be all those things to each one of us. So we can have the corporate celebration of what He is in our lives personally. And I honestly, when someone, one of our relatives last night was asking me, tears running down their face on, how do you cope with so much disappointment? How do you cope with so much pain? How do you cope with so much loss? And you know, and I'll be this honest with you, we've just been through the COVID situation and my other son, Michael, was rushed to hospital with COVID last week. And, and as I was sitting home watching TV, the news, they said, oh, a 40-year-old has just passed away in hospital with COVID and I felt sick, so sick. I thought, I hope that's not my boy. And, you know, and, and the fragility of all that and the pain of all that. And I said to my friend, I've learned to walk with a limp. I've learned to walk with my pain. It doesn't go away. We don't deny that pain. It is there. And for a moment, I thought, oh my Lord, I don't wanna lose another one. And God understands that pain. He understands our humanity. And yet underlying all that, I know He's my personal shepherd. I know He's providing of peace. He's provided His presence and He's provided His purpose. I'm standing here today still fulfilling the purpose He put in my life at the age of 19. And I'm not proud in a, in a human pride, but I'm just so thankful. Yeah. So when I got the phone call, you might think this is, uh, for someone that's been preaching a long time, this doesn't happen, but it does. When Kath rang last night and said, can you preach in the morning? Just for a moment, I felt sick. I thought, oh, okay. It's, it's like the first time every time we get up here. Why? Because we're dependent on Him. But I trust Him because I've allowed Him through my marriage, through my challenges. I've allowed Him to revive me. I've allowed Him to refresh me. I've allowed Him to reshape me. And by that, He can release me and trust me. I'm getting so many phone calls at the moment because of stuff that's happening in Australia in certain church circles. How do you feel? I'm getting text messages from people. Does this make you feel sick that you're hearing about all these things in the church? I go, no, sad, yes. But you know what's gonna happen? And I'll, you need to hear me today. This is absolutely from the heart of God, I believe. I believe God is allowing all the crappy stuff to come to the surface in His church, not to bash us, not to hurt us, but to heal us because He said, I will build my church. And if we're broken but open, if we're broken and go, my life hasn't got it all together. I'm making some mistakes here. I got some issues in my life. God doesn't push us away. He says, come, let me revive you. Let me reshape you. Let me restore you. Let me rebuild you. And let me release you into all that you, I have for you into the future. And I'm so grateful today for that with all my heart. You see, in 1 Kings chapter 10, the Queen of Sheba, she heard what Solomon had built for God. She came three months to get there and brought lots of presents. And she saw 
And she saw some amazing things and I don't wanna preach on it, it's a sermon on its own, but I do wanna prophesy this morning where I see life Adelaide going, just like when the Queen of Sheba came. I believe we are building something people are gonna hear about. I believe we're in a new season of life, Adelaide. I really do. This is not me sucking up to anyone. This is absolutely what I feel. I believe God is causing us to build a biblical model right now that's not gonna be uh, uh, strange to people. It's gonna be contemporary. See, a lot of people think, oh, all mega churches are bad. All contemporary churches are bad. Let me tell you what God is building here is an, a, a contemporary church based on the Word of God. And we're gonna go in a direction and I can see it happening already where we will build a place of answers, where people can come in here and have questions in life and we can bring God into the picture and have answers for people, a place of excellence that flows from an excellent spirit, people of hospitality, a pattern of team. God is doing some great things here in the team at the moment, it's amazing. A posture of integrity, the priority of worship and a position of generosity. It's everything we desire and want and this is what the Queen of Sheba saw. But taking it on a spiritual context, 1 Kings 6-7, I said the stones had to be pre-cut at the quarry so there'd be no noise. To build this kind of church, there has to be a consistent unity of building the right pattern and we can't have the noise of personal agendas. We can't have the noise of, well, I got missed out. Why didn't I get asked to do that? It's a time when we go to the quarry and allow God to pre-shape us. See, if you turn up at a building and it's beautifully built and it looks amazing, but there's one stone out of place in the building, at the front of the building, all the bricks are beautifully laid, one's out of place. What are you gonna notice? You're not gonna notice the beautiful building, you're gonna notice the brick that's out of place. But when every brick is in their right place, you notice the building. You don't notice the bricks. And I believe God is wanting us to come into an era where it doesn't matter about our name and our fame. It's about His name and His fame. And we all bring our gifts together. Tonight, we're gonna celebrate some of that. And I believe it's a serving Jesus, not serving the church. We serve Jesus and we allow, us, allow Him to pre-shape us. And what does that mean? Well, one of the problems, and I hope I'm not stepping out of line this morning, but one of the problems if we just build celebrity church, and we're not doing that here, but when you build celebrity church, people are doing things because they're gifted. But we might not stop and see is their character matching what their gift is carrying. Because a gift is given to us by God. And I've discovered that God takes the private places of our lives where no one's looking. The quarry was not in public view. And it's in the place of our work relationships, our marriage relationships, our marriages, our, marriages our, our relationships with our kids. The place where nobody's looking is where God shapes us. He doesn't shape us on a platform. When you're on a platform, that's your gift. When you're off the platform, then you're just you. And God has to pre-cut and shape us so that when we are in our gift, it doesn't go to our head. And that gift can sustain itself because we've been pre-shaped at the quarry. And you know, often when we ask God to use us, everything seems to go wrong. When I asked God to, when I felt the call of God to go into the ministry, it was so strong. And the minute I said yes, Sharon and I started fighting like you wouldn't believe. How can I ever be a minister when I'm fighting at home and all this stuff's going on? In fact, Sharon didn't fight, she just listened. I did all the fighting. 
you know, how come I've got this call of God on my life and everything's falling apart and the wheels are falling off? It's because, let me share it briefly, I have lived my life this way now for 60 years, or not quite 60, probably 55 years. And that is my life motto or one of my life patterns is that God reveals to you what He wants to do with you. And then everything goes into reverse. And then you have to pass some tests. I think it was my granddaughter that said to me last night, someone said, how come God is so silent when we're going through difficult times? And someone said to her, that's because when you're going through a test, the teacher is silent. When you're doing a test, the teacher is silent. And I wanna tell you, it seems like God right now, as I'm speaking now, there's people sitting here and watching me online where you think, where is God? He seems a million miles away. That's because He has a revelation. He has a calling for us. But then we gotta be prepared in the quarry. Our life has to be prepared for that calling. And everything goes into reverse. The call of God came on my life. And I thought the next week I'd be invited to be on staff at the church. It took another four years. And I watched other people promoted and doing things. And I'm going, but I thought you've called me. I thought you've called me. And what I knew on the inside was if I couldn't prove God in that menswear store, because a Christian is a Christian wherever you go. And I had to be in that place of preparation. And when by the time God had shaped my marriage, shaped some of my anger issues, shaped some of the things that needed to be shaping, I thought, God, I can stay in the menswear store and serve you for the rest of my life. I'm cool. And he goes, okay, you're ready now. So he releases you when he knows you're ready, not when you think you're ready. What about me? And I know that the reveal, reverse, restore for me is another way of saying stones, bones and thrones. It's God refreshing us. You know, it's very refreshing when you feel God calling you. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. One chapter before what I'm about to share, you happen, He's in the Jordan and the heavens opened up and the Father says, that's my boy. That's my son and I'm really pleased with him. I tell you what, there's such a lacking of father affirmation in our world today. And here's Jesus, the Son of God, still needed in His humanity, the voice of the approval of the Father. He goes, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. One chapter later, the devil shows up. He says, if you're the son. Do you know every time God puts a dream in our heart, the devil comes and goes, if that's a real dream, how come you're going through this? If that's God, how come there's trouble at home? If that's God, how come people at work don't get on with you? It's because it's at that place of testing that we've got to pass the test in the reversal. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. Filled with the Holy Spirit, revealed. Tested in the, in the wilderness, reverse. And then it says in chapter four, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to make a name for myself. No, He's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. You see, when you have the right because in your life, do you know how many people do stuff to prove to their dead father that they weren't what the dead father said about them? 
or I'll prove to those people. People leave churches offended because they were involved in an area and somehow couldn't grow through to the next level. And so they move on and they move on and they get so upset, you know. And the thing is, if only we realise those moments don't need to be wasted because they are the reversals of God. They're the reversals of God. And when we pass those tests, we have the right because. And when you have the right because, it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what people say. You make the decisions that are right and time is moving. So I've got to move on. I want the musicians to come, please. But the quarry is a place at your work, at home, relationships, attitudes. But in John chapter 15, and it won't take long, John chapter 15, there are four stages of fruit. The Bible says that we're born to bear fruit. You know, God wants the fruit, not just the toot. And so we've got to have the fruit. And so it says in John 15, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear fruit. That's stage one. But stage two in John 15, it says the branch that abides in me, he prunes for more fruit. So we start with a relationship with Jesus, which is fruit, stage one. But to go to more fruit, God's got to prune us. And I'm not being silly in saying this. I'm 65 and this last couple of weeks, the Lord's been putting finger, His finger on areas in my life in how I relate with my dad and how I talk to people around me and, and how I respond to certain things and, and even how I even understand my wife more. Been married 47 years. And just this last couple of weeks, God's saying, you don't notice that enough. You should notice that more. You know, that's the pruning. It's not to hurt us. It's to heal us and to grow us. Stage three, it says, if my Word abides in you. So that's the pattern of the Bible. See, I go from fruit to more fruit to much fruit which is the Word of God. But then he goes, and now that you know this, I, don't own, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. And we become partners in the purpose of God. I'm a partner with Christ. I'm not dominated by God. He loves me. He leads me. But I've had to allow Him to take me through bones, stones and thrones. He's had to take me through that. And I've left some stuff out, but I just wanna close with this three quick thoughts. Uh, of how we can do this. First of all, I need to say this. The shaking is for the shaping. The shaking's not to hurt us. It's for the shaping. The shaking is for the making. And God shakes to heal, not to hurt. He's not mad at us. He wants to mend us. Bones refresh us. Stones reshape us. Thrones release us to reigning and ruling. At the beginning of every new generation in the Bible, Every generation, there's a promise of fruitfulness, dominion, taking power over things, being the head and not the tail. And we're about to see that all over again. We're about to see a new era for the church where we're gonna see as we allow God to do all these things, we're gonna see God do some amazing things. While I was praying, let me prophesy. It says, if we humble ourselves in 1 Peter chapter five, if we humble ourselves, God will give grace to us. He gives grace to the humble. That word grace means favour. And I prophesy over life Adelaide today, favour means open doors of opportunity. 
open heaven of provision, the release of revelation for clarity and the release of God's anointing for supernatural ability. And it also brings loyalty for longevity. And I see a new era in life Adelaide of people not giving a week or giving a month and then getting upset, but laying down their lives for Christ and saying, we wanna be here for longevity and God's gonna do that. What do we need to do? Let's live surrendered. Very quickly, three things, live surrendered. I try to live my life surrendered no matter what happens. When I saw that thing on the news and a 40 year old had died of coronavirus and I thought to myself, if that was my son, what would I do? Is there a point in your life where you go, that's enough, stuff that? I've had enough of God now. I can't, I know too much about who He is. I can't do it. I have to stay surrendered. I spend time in the Word every day and I let it speak to me. I let it speak to me and I stay connected and I say this as a prophetic word as I close very strongly. Choose your friends wisely. Stay connected to people that will challenge you up, not down. People that will grow you towards the things of God. Don't hang around with cynical conversations. Talking about oh, church this and church that and people getting hurt over here and people get, it's life, it happens. But if we allow God to reshape us, if we allow Him to refresh and revive us, He will release us to the throne of dominion. And I believe that's where we're heading. Let's do it together in Jesus' Name. Let's just bow our heads this morning. Father, today I know I can pray this on behalf of all of us in the room that love You. We just wanna say to You, go for it. Lord, now that we know for sure You're not there to hurt us, You're there to heal us. Father, please refresh us. Lord, reshape us. And Lord, release us into the throne of dominion. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.